Everyone has something to say, a story to tell. We make it easy to share yours. So let's talk. Regardless of your podcast setup, hit record. And from there, whether your podcast reaches 10 people or 10 million, we can help you get heard wherever listeners are. And who knows, maybe even quit your day job. But no matter who hears you, it's about connecting and sharing something from your perspective. It's about having a voice and using it without anything standing in your way. Say it all with anchor. Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hello, welcome into this week's episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. I let you know last week that I was going to be filling in this past Sunday at Trinity United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida. Our lead pastor was out of town this past weekend, asked me to fill in for him. So we've got that sermon, and I've got a a lady who is a member of our church. Her name is Mary. She's going to do the scripture reading, and the sermon is based on selected passages from John 13. So if you want to open up your Bible or open up the Bible Gateway app on your phone and check that out. Go ahead and open that up and Mary will read selected verses from that chapter and then we'll get into this week's sermon. That's coming up on Soul Ramblings Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer worked tirelessly to make sure drunk and impaired drivers are held responsible for the wreckage they cause. Incredibly, Florida does not mandate that all drivers carry bodily injury liability insurance. As such, Florida has one of the highest uninsured motorist populations in the country. Many drivers carry only minimal coverage, providing only a fraction of the protection needed by those they injure or maim. If you or a loved one were injured as a result of negligent conduct of an uninsured or underinsured motorist, the team at Becker and Lindauer can help in making sure your legal rights are protected. With over 45 years of combined experience, call today for a free consultation. Area code 941-567-6728. Again, 941-567-6728 or visit their website. The link is in the show notes. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 13, and I'll be reading selected verses, skipping around just a little bit. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. After he had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, 
you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you also should do as I have done to you. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of these our hearts be holy, pleasing, and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. For those who have just recently begun worshiping with us, either here in person or online, especially over the past five weeks, I know you came in this morning or you tuned in this morning and you went, gosh, Pastor Robert got good looking since last week. But no. No, Pastor Robert uh, is, as, as Shelby said, spending some time uh, furthering his education this week. And so he asked me to fill in for him. And before he did that, he called and he left a voicemail. I didn't catch the call at first. He called a couple of weeks ago and said, Jerry, give me a call back. I've only been there five weeks. I got to have you come back and straighten these folks out. So here I am. Apparently, something's been going on. He has been doing a fantastic job. We are blessed to have Pastor Robert and his family. So, yeah. And I am so, so honored to be back with you again this morning, filling in for him. Have you ever taken a moment to think about how totally profound this encounter that Mary read from John's Gospel that encounter between Jesus and his disciples on the night, this is the night, the very night he was to be betray, uh, betrayed. And I'm not referring to the fact that Jesus simply washed the disciples' dirty feet. Now, that was profound. But what blows my mind more than anything here is the fact that Judas, Judas got the same treatment. We know Judas you notice nobody names their children Judas. <laughs> Two names you'll never hear people name their children, Judas and Jezebel. Right? Judas. Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. Scripture tells us that. And yet Jesus knelt down, washed his feet, and then shared a meal with him. We say that that's the greatest example of love and that the greatest example of love is when Jesus hung on the cross, and that is true. But this story, Jesus goes even deeper, even deeper. Jesus shows Judas a mind-blowing level of generous, loving forgiveness. Now imagine, I started imagining this when I was going over this scripture this week. Ever have anybody betray you? I'm the only one? Okay. Now, right, we've all had people betray us, right? If I'm honest, there have been times I've been the betrayer. 
Would you want to sit down to a meal with that person? Would you want to get down on your knees and wash their dirty feet? What about your enemy or your perceived enemy? Would any of us ever invite our enemy over to our house for dinner? And if you're like me, when I ask myself that question, and not so Christian of an attitude, yeah, as long as I get to put a little something in the meal, a little something special in the meal. That's our attitude, though, right? Who among us would volunteer to serve in any way someone who had betrayed us? Our human nature, my human nature, is to steer way away from that person. If someone betrays me, I cut them off. If someone is our enemy, we avoid them at all costs. But here Jesus is, kneeling down to wash the feet of his betrayer. And then he said to his disciples, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Then he says, a new command I give you. Love one another. I really wish Jesus hadn't just said that, <laughs> but he did. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Take note that love is not an option for us as followers of Jesus. Jesus says what? A new command I give you. He didn't say this is a new suggestion. This is, I recommend that you do that. No. It's a commandment. Now, the command to love one another may sound straightforward and simple. But where the rubber meets the road, as they used to say, putting that into practice is one of the most complicated things we can ever try to do. It takes a lifetime and then some. It is the goal of our Christian life. It's what everything hinges on. As a matter of fact, we Methodists like to talk about moving on to Christian perfection. Moving on toward perfection. Christian perfection is to have a habitual love for God and other people. All other people. People, Not just people who look and act and think and behave and believe like we do, but all people, even those who've betrayed us. Loving those with whom we agree and we get along and love us back. Oh, that's easy. Loving the rest of the folks we come in contact with. That's much harder. It's been said that John, who wrote the Gospel of John, in his old age, would remind those around him to love one another. And when he was questioned why he told them this so very often, his reply would be, because it is what our Lord commanded. If it's all you do, then that's enough. Yes, loving one another may just actually be the hardest thing we ever do. 
but it is the key to everything. It is what Christianity is all about. Love is the most basic tenet of the Christian faith. And Pastor Robert has been going over these past five weeks back to the basics. And so as I have watched these and listened to them and thought about them and prayed over these basics, they've been great messages. That was a great series he did. What do we do with that? The most basic tenet of the Christian faith is love. If we don't have that as the foundation, everything that Pastor Robert talked about is going to be impossible. When asked what the greatest commandment of all is, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, everything hangs on this. But in our gospel lesson for this morning, Jesus goes even further than that. A new command, he says, I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Yes, Jesus' love looks like a cross. Jesus' love looks like a humble servant washing the feet of the one who is about to betray him. There's something remarkable, remarkable about Jesus' command that we love one another. In giving this command, Jesus did something the world had never seen before. He created a group, dare I say, the church, that is identified by one thing, love. There are a lot of groups in the world, and they may identify themselves in any number of ways by skin color, by uniform, by special interest, by where they went to school, their alma mater, by not eating meat, by the love of a sports team or a hobby. The ways people categorize themselves are endless, but the church is unique. For the first time in history, Jesus created a group whose identifying factor is love. Skin color doesn't matter. Native language does not matter. There are no rules about diet or uniforms or wearing funny hats. Followers of Jesus Christ are identified by one thing, Jesus said, love. We're told in Galatians 3.28, Paul says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What categories of folks do we add to that list in 2021 that Paul gives? It's endless. It was said of the early Christians that their impact on society was due to their Profound love for one another. Jesus said that this is how the world will recognize us as being followers. Because of our love for one another. If you have, a, I, 
I love Jesus bumper sticker on your car, that's great. But what identifies you as a Christian is your love for others. Love for God, love for others. How do we do that, though? Jesus commands us to love. How do we do that? Because the world is not going to have any way of knowing about the love of God if they can't see God's love expressed in the lives of us, God's people. How do we do that? I think it starts with our, with our mindset. I'm not the biggest, I know this is going to come as a shock to somebody from Tennessee, but I am not the biggest country music fan in the world. Not a big fan. But there are some I do like, and one I do like is from the early 2000s. It was in 2004 that country artist Tim McGraw released an album, and he could not have predicted that one of the songs from that album called Live Like You Were Dying would be such a massive, massive hit. And I've always liked that song. It led many folks, including me, to examine my life. If you're not familiar with it, the lyrics of the chorus are, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. I loved deeper. I spoke sweeter. And I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. Someday. I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. Again, following Shelby's example of giving us some context around the hymns we sing, I did a little research on the background of this song. And this was, he recorded this around the time close to the death of his father, Tug McGraw. Takes listeners through the story of a man in his early 40s, which Tim was at that time. He found out that his father was dying. The lyrics turned to self-reflection when McGraw singing that taking the time to absorb the moments spent with loved ones, pursuing the fun and ambitious things his father wanted to do actually fulfilled him. And then he goes even deeper. He goes even deeper and realizing that not only doing those things, those adventurous things, but living a life focusing on life's most important things, love and forgiveness. Live like you were dying. Love a little deeper. Speak a little sweeter. Give that forgiveness we've been denied. Regardless of who we are or where we live, Jesus' mandate, his commandment is clear. He calls us to be partners with him in making love tangible in our corners of the world. There's a popular Christian song that says uh, that Shelby has led us in it many times. They will know we are Christians by our love. It's more than a feeling. It's an action. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It's Jesus' parting instruction. It's his unmistakable mandate. 
He wants it to be our mission, our call. We get back to the basics and all of these things that Pastor Robert has been talking about. Our call, our passion, our mission is to show God's love in this world. The love that Jesus commands us to have for one another is an unconditional, sacrificial love that reflects his love for us. Our world is divided. I don't know if you knew that or not. Seems to be pervasive, right? And it's not just because we are 70 billion plus people with 70 billion different ideas and viewpoints. We've come to the point where I see this on social media and in the news and whether in thought or action, we're hostile to our enemies, to our betrayers, and even to people we simply think different than we do. We've even got people in our own families that are divided over these things. We are quick to express or have feelings of dislike or hatred. Church, a new command Jesus gives us, love one another. How can we go out and the world when we're fighting amongst ourselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let it begin with me. We have defined the one another in Jesus' command so tightly that it means love the people who reinforce my preconceived notions and reinforce who I am, who I believe I am. When it comes to our enemies, to those who have harmed us, and even to those who are different from us. Most of us don't want to follow the example of love that Jesus has given us. Love, though, is precisely what can overcome those divisions. It can start today. Jesus, I haven't been loving as you command. Start a work in me today, in my heart. It begins with me. It begins with you. Love is the only answer. Love makes it possible for us to see the image of God in others, even when they've betrayed us or harmed us or others that we may love. It sounds simple, but it's complicated. It's how we are known to be his disciples. It is life and life to the fullest. It's what we're all about. It's what we're called to do. A new commandment. Love one another as he has loved you. Given to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At Trinity United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida, we are a church that loves God and loves each other. We invite you to come be a part of the family as we connect people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. You can find out more about us online at trinitybradenton.com. Again, trinitybradenton.com. Link is in the show notes.
Be sure to get social with us on our Facebook page. There's a link there to review with stars and a place for comments. Your comments can bring more traffic to the page and more listeners to the podcast. We'd be oh so grateful if you would do that. We also have an Instagram account. You can go to that and contact, uh, contact us on Instagram. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And remember to keep your mind on whatever is true, pure, right, holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. I'm Jerry Wicker. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. Until next Wednesday on the Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.